Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to Apocalypse Movies and the Fandalorian Club as we cover the latest in the galaxy that is Star Wars television here on the channel. My name is Jake Flynn. I'm the host today, and I'm joined today by my fellow Fandos here on uh, I can't, is it Fandos? Fandalorian? Whatever. I don't care. Brian Avalicino, Gio Ramos. How you guys doing? Good. Can't wait to talk about this episode of Mandalorian. Ditto. Man, Star Wars... It feels like it's at an all-time high right now. Honestly, it just—that's high praise. Wow. It, no, it, honestly, it's. It, I mean, this episode—we'll we'll talk about it. Wow, <laughs> great to be here. <laughs> well, I mean, how are you, gentlemen, doing? That's what I really asked. Chilling, just chilling. It's been a relatively normal week, and I probably just jinxed it. So it's not gotten some wood. But yeah, chill for me. Yeah, good. I mean, it's my day off, you know. Just had a very relaxing day. Dutch Bros coffee. Oh, uh, trying to oh. find a place in California to live. My goodness. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I look at these landlords like uh, Watto from Tatooine, you know. It's just like they're trying to rip me off. And it's like, man, God. But, you know, patience. Patience. When so. you really stop like aggressively looking is when you're gonna find one. Yeah. It always I'm works counting that on way. that. Because my God. <laughs> Somebody the right one it. will come, Gio. The right one will come. Uh Mr. Sarger, you are correct. Her universe sweater, Ahsoka, uh, Jill got it for me for Christmas this past year. And I'm also wearing it because shameless plug on my end. I'm talking Ahsoka and Mary Elizabeth Winesett after this on the Whiskey Jedi. So boom. There you go. Star Wars doing? all the time, all night long here on uh, the Berlin side of the household. Um, all right, let gentlemen, let's just get to this. I because, asked you a question. Oh, what'd you ask? How are you doing? I'm hanging in there, man. Work has been kind of kicking my butt a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's just been very busy. Uh, but I took a mental health day tomorrow, so I took today tomorrow off. So did I. <laughs> um, good. Yeah, I decided Except to take mine Mine is because the Pokemon game's out, and I just want to play it all day. <laughs> no, well, I, I decided to take tomorrow off, and uh, a buddy of mine might be coming over to help some help me with some house stuff as far as electrical goes, but um, just, a, just a day to take off on a Friday, kind of use some vacation hours. So, um, But yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. It's, 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 I'm hanging in there. Um, but yeah, I, I say we just get right to this because we mm -hmm. obviously have a lot to discuss. Uh, there's a lot of cool things to talk about with this episode. The Book of Boba Fett. Episode five, the return of the Mandalorian or the Mandalorian returns, whichever way you put it in the episode, um, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, she is three out of three so far in um, seasons of Star Wars television. She has directed one for each season, two Mandos, one book of Boba Fett, 
But all three have had one central character, and that is Din Djarin himself, the Mandalorian. Um, look, after last week's episode and the music beats and obviously hearing the theme for Din, we... we Which I didn't catch. We talked about no, that. Didn't no catch. clue yeah. until you yeah. guys said it. Yeah, so uh, we expected to see Din in uh, this episode. Now, what we didn't expect is that for it to be a completely focused episode on what he has been up to since the last time we saw him. Um, we thought maybe the opening scene was a good introduction to get back into the world of Din and then kind of maybe get back into Boba Fett. Nope, it just kept going and it kept going and it kept going until the very end. Uh, before we get into specifics, and we're going to go through it by beat by beat today for the episode. Uh, I want to get your guys' quick reaction instant thoughts on the episode because it is so different from what we've been getting from Boba Fett so far. Gio, why don't you start us off, man? What was your instant reaction to this? Because you did watch it today. You didn't watch it yesterday. Oh yeah. A couple hours ago. Um, I, I tried to do that. I, you know, so that way it's fresh and this is really two stories in, in one episode. And I'll just start by saying it's surprising just how much the episode was focused on Din. I mean, I thought, and he does at some point meet up with some familiar characters, but I thought it would have been a little bit of him and Boba Fett. They dedicated the whole thing to him, which makes sense when you think about when you think about the title return of the Mandalorian. Um, it was so much fun. It was very nostalgic. It was emotional. If you grew up watching the prequel oh, yeah. and it has a soft spot in your heart, um just complete badass from start to finish one of the best bryce dallas howard wow quickly remind me what was the second uh one that she directed like the what, what happened with that one? the bo katan episode yeah i i mean dare i say each episode that she has directed at least so far has been my favorite in each of the uh seasons you know the first uh season with the small village and all that i i love that episode for myself but this one was so great and i can't wait to talk about it in detail brian before i get to you i wanted to just quickly say that uh and not because i don't know if we'll touch on it but bryce dallas howard has arguably been given the episodes that are the boldest out of all the seasons so far um like as small as the fourth episode was in season one to do that was very bold. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the Bo-Katan stuff in season two, and then completely shifting gears for what the Boba Fett story has been in this season. Um, they're giving her a lot to do and she's obviously living up to it, but your reaction to the episode. I loved it. I mean, it's a Mandalorian episode, but my, the way I was thinking is like, so we definitely had, was like, it John? Was it though? I mean, we'll get, we'll I get, get, into get, we'll get into that. Well, my church bells are going off. Um, I, 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 I loved it. I didn't hate that it wasn't with Boba Fett uh, as much. Um, I, I, it's funny because I was thinking to myself, like, could they have done this in Mandalorian season three? instead of adding it in a book of Boba Fett episode. But whenever they do these shows, people always seem to 
complain about the flashbacks. This would have just been a flashback at that point. So it's kind of like you have another season, another flashback, another season, another flashback. So I think it worked with the story. And I mean, who know, who's to say that, I mean, I'm assuming this is the story that Favreau has been wanting to tell for a long time. Because, uh, I mean, when he came on, didn't he want to do a Boba Fett story? Like that was like his his one of his driving factors. So I'm assuming like he's helping build this world. He didn't just put this in there for nothing. Like he's helping push everything forward. Yes, it is called the book of Boba Fett. And I understand people's like, well, Boba Fett wasn't even an episode. Okay. But it's going to push the story of Boba Fett. So for me, I loved it. I had no issues with it. It was phenomenal in every aspect. I, as well as I'm sure you two, were just eating up every ounce of prequel love that was being thrown. Even the like... Beggars Canyon! Yeah, the teeniest, tiniest things. I was just like, oh, it put it made me feel like a little kid like watching like these for the first time Mm -hmm. yeah it it was it was really fun i mean they they did so much new with so much old and i think that was that was my favorite part about the whole thing yeah the argument of like whether or not it should have been placed here um is obviously a, a, a different opinion between everyone i said it yesterday after i watched it but i thought that it was absolutely necessary um you know, you could have obviously placed this in any spot you really wanted to. Um, but these TV series, they're all connected, at least so far, right? And the ones that are set in this time period are all going to be connected. And as much as, you know, we may not like that Boba wasn't in it, um, it's okay to have this one-off that is going to bring the story to a forefront. Because, like, what happens if in this episode after last week they say, hey, you know, we can always buy muscle, and then all of a sudden, Mando just pops up in this episode, and we're like, well, wait a second. The last time we saw him, he had the Darksaber. He left Grogu. Like, what has he been doing? Right? Uh, there would have been a giant gap to, to, of, like, questions for us to, to be asking and wanting answers to. And now with this, we now know what he's been doing. He went back to his old life. Right? He went back to bounty hunting. to something that he's really, really good at. It's something he really knows. He found uh, the armor and and uh, that section of ba- or uh, Mando's, but now knowing there's only a couple of them left after the episode three from season one, uh, and, and after they saved him, um, so it answers a lot of questions that we don't now don't have to be answered in season three. Like once season three comes, like sure there might be a small flashback, and I actually, uh, I actually may think that we because at the end of this episode, which is jumping too far ahead. Um, he says coming from to... the guy that wanted to go I in order. I know. Uh, I'm just, I'm just talking about like the fact that he, like the episode didn't have Boba in it. It's just, it was necessary. That's all I'll say. And we'll probably get to it, but yeah, let's go ahead and let's, let's get to it. So let's start with the opening scene. Um, one of the most badass opening scenes that we'll ever see in star Wars slash star Wars television. We got to see this bad boy at action. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mando is wrecking shop, getting bounties and using the dark saber in his favor. 
he is in full force with this thing, uh, pun intended there, excuse me. Um, and he looks as badass as ever uh, with, with it. And he is literally chopping people in half with the Darksaber, uh, which is dark, violent, something we've never really seen in Star Wars before. Um, I just, I loved it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a great opening and hearing that music and having him walk through those, those clear binders. Um, and, and just, and I also obviously the line, I can either bring you in warm or cold, like boom, we're back in action, baby. Din Djarin mm-hmm. has returned and it was perfect. Uh, thoughts, gentlemen, break it open. Well, for me, the first thing I, I mean, I immediately went, okay. When I saw him, I go, Where's does he have the dark saber? And then obviously he rips that thing out and is messing him. And then when he hit cuts himself with it, I, that made me laugh because I was just like, he shouldn't know how to use one of these that well right off the bat. Like if I appreciated that because it's like not every character is gonna just I know how to use a lightsaber. Like, then they shouldn't. I mean, yes, it's a sword, but, like, you don't... Everyone just doesn't know how to become expert swordsmen. Only to then find out later, like, it kind of has a mind of its own, in a sense. Like, you, it's heavy and stuff like that. So I loved it, and he just went ham with it. Like, that... The only time I could really remember seeing, like, a lightsaber actually, like, going through people like that and like really cutting up is that hallway scene with Vader where he's just just cutting people in half and stuff. So um, I I dug it. It was dope. And those like bulldog looking guys. I love them. I'm so happy we saw them in live action because we've seen them in animation. What are they again? I I don't know the species name Um, and someone in the chat can probably say it, but we've seen them in, in animation before. They look awesome in live action. Yeah. They look so good. So yeah, loved it. It was I, the very when I first saw him. The very first thing I went was, "Does he have that lightsaber?" Because obviously he would have Bo-Katan and him would have had to gone separate ways. She, no, she knew that he had it. So yeah, no, that dark saber is badass. Love seeing it in action. Whoever is in charge of cleaning and shining Din's <laughs> armor, my goodness. And let me just say, like, to the production, whether it was Bryce or the cinematographer or the production crew, that choice of lighting fits so well. It all just looked beautiful. And yeah, Din was kicking ass. I, like Brian said, I appreciate that he wasn't just an expert off the bat. He kind of self-inflicted wound and that carried on. He was walking through the, whatever that was. The halo, halo. ring. Halo ring. Yeah. Exactly. I literally went halo. Like I, you know, it, it would have, obviously you can't go back in time, um, but it should like they should just never name the ring of Catherine the ring of Catherine. That should be the ring of Catherine. That makes sense. Literally, it's the ring, you know. Yeah. But anyway, go on. Oh, that was awesome. And I love that he essentially gave the 
underpaid workers compensation said, hey, take it. I'm not here for that. Go ahead. A little bit of commentary. I appreciate that. Man does the people's champ. He is, in fact, the people's champ. That is true. I agree. <laughs> and so I thought that whole sequence was awesome. Loved it. Detail, the production, all of it. That was what a great start. And what an what a what a what an entrance. Badass. It needed to happen, right? We haven't seen him in a while. It's it's been a bit, right? It was what it was uh was it fall of 2020? Was the last time we saw him? In a while. Like it's, it's gonna be a full year before we get that season three. Well, when it comes out, it'll be a full two years since season yeah. two. Like it, it's been a while since we've seen him, and so that's that's that was like the whole necessary part of it, right? And you obviously need to start out with a bang, and and he has the dark saber, so like whip that baby out, and it worked. Um, so from there he moves on to the Halo ring, and that's where we find the armorer and Paz Vizla, who are uh, I know that Paz says there's three of them. I don't know if he was including. I think he said there's three of us now. Was he including Din? I think so. That's what oh, I yeah. was implying. That's what I think too, because obviously we didn't see another. So those are the only two that made it out uh, of um, Navarro is Paz and the Armorer. Um, and Immediately so when I saw her kneeling there, I went, "Oh my God, Jake's freaking yep. out." I'm fr- I freaked out. <laughs> I freaked out when I saw this. I was like, "Oh baby!" And the fact that she's just kneeling in front of just space. with the tools, uh-huh. with the tools, like. I, I love her. I think she'll probably end up being a little bit of a, a villain, but oh, I love 100%. her. Um, but yeah, and no, then so, no, Chuck, that's a cardinal rule. Handrails do not exist in Star Wars. No, God, no, never. <laughs> uh, especially for characters that have jetpacks. No way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, uh, we, we kind of get this little meeting, and then uh it's revealed to the armor and paz that he has the darksaber. They ask him, Hey, what made that injury? How did you get hurt? And he goes, This, and then we get this very cool moment. Where Paz is like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, okay, eyeballing. I see you. That's that's history from my clan right there. Um, and you know, fast forward, uh, you know, they have this little conversation a little bit, and then the armor gives um, Din a little history lesson on something that we've been wanting to see for a very, very long time. Something that I don't think is the last time we see. But you're, you're just jumping straight to that. You're not going to go over the fight or anything. The fight was after this. The fight was after. Oh, was it? Yeah. I'm, I'm going in I'm order. A, I'm going to be completely honest. I watched this at four in the morning and I haven't had time to watch it since. So I'm back. Oh, so I apologize. No, I'll get to the fight, but I'm, I'm going. The history lesson was first. Okay. Um, so after the, after she brings the dark saber, she holds it. She's kind of lighting it up a little bit. Uh, Din says, have you ever heard of Bogotan crease? And she gives the history lesson of um mandalore and we see the empire absolutely Mm -hmm. bringing down hellfire on mandalore and what had happened um the night of a thousand tears uh we we now see that the night of a thousand tears literally means the empire dropped a thousand plus bombs all over mandalore and blew it up this image i saw you tweeted out and it's a thing i saw as well um that is a flashback moment to terminator right there the original Terminator. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. That futuristic scene where the Terminators are going over shooting everybody. It is 100% a callback to that. Um, but what what a sequence. Interesting. Like, beautifully shot. Um, developed very quick sequences, obviously. But in the history lesson, it's learned that, look, and we know this, and Geo doesn't because he's never seen Rebels. Um, 
But Bo-Katan was given the Darksaber, right? She never won it in combat. So when the Empire came and brought down the Hellfire on Mandalore, their people stopped believing in her. And she lost everything. Um, and only the ones that that kind of believed, uh, you know, in Mandalore kind of made it out is what from the armor had said. But just this whole sweet gets before we get to the fight. Just all of this like reveals and everything that were happening. It's what we've been wanting to see for so long, right? The Mandalorian history. And ever since we heard that term, the night of a thousand tears, we've always been like, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? It's right now we know. We know exactly what happened. Maybe not to like the finite detail, but um, we know how it happened, when it happened, and and what the result was. I mean, what what did you guys think of this? I wanted more. <laughs> I was like, more. I don't like I said, I don't think it's the last time we see it. I don't think so either. But I was just sitting there like, more. No, don't don't stop showing more of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Loved the K2 SO droids. Uh, Makes sense. Makes sense. They're they're war droids, man. Well, and well, that it's around that time period, you figure. I'm sure it was towards the beginning of the Empire's rule. Well, Rebels, Rebels is very close to, to the original. Yeah, and, and Kate Rogue One's right before f- episode four. So, so that's what's in between Rebels and Rogue One. Yeah, so it made absolute perfect sense that um, those types of droids would be used, and they're monsters. I mean, we've, those are the same ones from Rogue One, right? Yeah, yeah it's the that, same one that K2SO. Black one. Okay. Yeah. K2SO, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so funny that you said I never even put two and two together with the Terminator thing, and now it's so blatantly obvious. Um, yeah, that's sad. And Geo, that's why they they were so like when they were telling the story, like he was so disgusted by like anyone ever getting it that didn't win it in combat. He was like because of that Bo-Katan reason, right? Uh, so, but yeah, no, I would love to see more of that. It would be heartbreaking, but. I think we'll get it from Bo-Katan's per- perspective, maybe. Because um, she's, look, she's obviously going to be in season three of The Mandalorian. Like, it just makes sense for her to be in yeah. season three of The Mandalorian. Um, and hearing it from her side, like, how exactly she did lose it and how exactly it kind of all went down. Because we saw, and it's this shot, um, their home base, which was that giant globe, was literally destroyed, which we had mm-hmm. seen in Clone Wars, right? We had seen it throughout the history of Star Wars. It's gone. It's bye-bye. And and so I'm very interested to see the perspective from her end. Um, it's just so cool to like, and we've known, known this, but the Mandalorians, there's clearly two giant sides right now. One is the way of Bogotan, and two is the way of the armorer. Right? Well, armor is what? A cult, they called it? Yeah. They, a bit, well, they had a different word for it, but it was basically a cult. Um but but they're both saying that they're the real Mandalorians is what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. the armorer believes they're real Mandalore. Bo-Katan is obviously saying that she's real Mandalore. And Din's like this middle piece that after this episode is no longer part of it, of, of the armorer's side. Um, it's just very cool to know like the politics of everything with Mandalorians because that's always been something that we've known about. We've never been able to see and they're finally diving into it all. I mean, who doesn't want to know more about these badass-looking? Agreed. People? No, I'm 
you nailed it right there because I, I mean i've only heard of the night of a thousand tears through you guys um it was like the order 66 of mandalorians honestly it was just tragic and i like you guys i want to know more about that wow i mean damn give me give me a star wars video That's game it. in the vein of halo reach with that Oh, oh my god. god, can you imagine a Mandalorian mean. video game? Geo? Just that is swap, genius. swap uh Spartans with Mandalorians and like boom, right there. Um, but it was a lot for me for somebody who doesn't know too much about this specific lore that is Mandalorians, like that was a lot to unpack and for someone like myself it gave me a glimpse a tease into where they can further go which is actually done really well because now i want to know more about that um and man i'm so glad they did not hold off on the whole paz we'll, we'll talk about that but the way he was looking at that dark saber i was like oh he wants that you didn't have to say anything just the way that shot was told me a lot so yeah and yeah gee i don't know where you are in clone wars because i know you haven't gotten too far but uh they obviously play with that whole thing a lot in clone wars with the vizlas um night watch and their history and you learn a little bit more and why it may be so important to him exactly and obviously tar vizla right is, is the first ever uh, and the actually the only only um, Mandalorian Jedi, which they do mention, which is very cool. How cool would it be to see him in live action? Um, to learn that the hilt was Beskar, but a different kind of Beskar was super cool. Right. Uh, and yeah, it's just it, it's a very cool idea that is so unique to Star Wars. This whole thing with with Mandalorians and the history with the dark saber and the like the rightful heir to it and how it has to be won in combat and. You know, moving forward to the fight, right? It's talked about like how, you know, Din, Din says, you know, I, I won it in combat against Moff Gideon. And um, Paz basically comes up when he's struggling to learn how to swing it uh, against um, the armor, saying, well, maybe it needs to have a new owner. And he challenges for the Darksaber. And we get this mm -hmm. fight between the two of them and goes back and forth. And we see Paz holding the saber and not being able to control it, just like Din was. And Eventually, Din gets a hold of him, but without the dark saber, they kind of go back to their own ways of fighting. Um, but it ends in this incredible way of uh, the armor basically saying, "Hey, Paz, have you ever taken your helmet off?" "No, I've never let anyone take my helmet off." And then going to Din, and we obviously know at this point that he has taken his helmet off, and that hesitation of an answer, right? Seeing him hesitate and be like, "Well, crap, my whole world's about to be destroyed." And he is basically kicked out of this clan um, that he has known for so long. Um, what a powerful emotional moment to kind of set this character on a whole different path from what we've known over the last two years. Um, I don't know if you guys felt any any different way on that. Yeah, there's your season three plot. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Him going back to Mandalore to find the pools. That's your season three plot. Uh, yeah, I see it as, as a side plot for sure. Um span uh spread over a couple episodes um but i felt his conflict because that's all he's ever known that's all he's ever championed celebrated is you know this is the way and the way that armor says is the way it is 
but he's also someone who is a man of integrity, you know, someone who, you know, is honest and is going to say, so it fit, but I felt it hundred percent. I'm just very curious. I think the thing with this whole entire part of the episode is why, I mean, I get your sense of like loyalty and that's what he grew up to, but why are you going back to this? I mean, it's all he's known. I know, but like Bo-Katan put it pretty like heavily out there. Like, no, that's a cult. Like that is ha- not how Mandalore ever like operated. Like she, she laid it out there and he, at the time seemed like he was just like, Oh, okay. Like, and then that led to him being a little bit more chill with his helmet coming off. But now it's like, no, I need to, it looks like he's like, now I need to go back to this specific way. So I'm very curious to where that goes, because we know he's going to come across Boba Fett. Boba Fett's going to take his helmet off. Well, and I, I was literally just going to say, and Chuck just put it in the chat, but oh, I think Boba's going to show him a little bit of a different path that, right. He doesn't need to have the helmet on. Yeah. I, I think Boba's going to be a huge part of that. Not just, uh, not just Bo-Katan and obviously Bo-Katan is a huge part, but I think he trusts Boba a little bit more than Bo- Bo-Katan probably. Uh, at this point. And, uh, I, I do think that he'll probably be not like necessarily a mentor, um, but someone that he can really go to in case he does need something or maybe has a few questions or something like that. And maybe over the next two episodes, like what if I have a feeling Mando's probably going to be in the next two episodes. And, oh yeah. For and sure. I think that their relationship is going to be built and there's going to be a really solid ground between the two of them. Um, I mean, he already said he's going to do whatever he needs for free. Yeah. And so I, I think that uh, Boba will probably be able to help him a little bit in, in, understanding what mandalore really is um because you're right i mean he takes his helmet off all the time right he walks around town without his helmet on you know he lets see people see see people with him without that on all the time so um it's going to be interesting to see how it all goes down you know he's known he's known what is considered to be essentially death watch just formed into something different um for his entire life like he was saved by them he was brought up by them he's a foundling of them it's hard to let go of things like that and i think going back to why this episode was fit in this season is for that exact reason letting go of the past that's something boba's been doing this entire season right moving forward and trying to find some new ground and new footings and mando in this episode had unfortunately has to let go of the past not just the armor and that kind of coven essentially but also the razor crest. He has to let go of the razor crest and move on to something different, which we'll see. He wants that razor crest. Back. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. that. It, it, if there's anything that is like a reason why this was in this season and why it was placed here, it's the theme of the episode, not so much just the episode. The theme of it all fits exactly with what's happening with Boba on the outside uh, of Mando. They're they ha- they're going on this really similar path, and um. Of course, it's, it has to do with hiring the bounty hunter and stuff like that. But uh, their path is very similar right now where they're, they're both set in this standstill position where they have to really decide on where they're heading, um, especially after this moment for for uh, Din. Before we move on to Tatooine, though, I did want to mention um, he specifically went to uh, them, 
the armor because, and I hated that he did this, but he melted down the sphere, the spear uh, that Ahsoka gave him. Din, how dare you? And he made chainmail for Grogu. Little chainmail for Grogu. Are you 100% though that it's chainmail? I think it's chainmail. I think it's going to be their story. I'm just not 100% sure on the actual item itself. Well, it's it is weird like I, we don't know what's going to be in it obviously, right? Yeah. But um it would make sense for it to be chainmail to like maybe like never forget me. This is kind of where you really did come from for the first time. Never forget me. If anything, this story told me he'll be back with him permanently. I don't I don't know of Grogu. I don't know, man. I don't know. I was surprised that Grogu would be a presence without physically being in the episode this soon. I mean, it makes it makes me wonder the next episode. Are we going to see Grogu? Because he says, I have to go visit a little friend. I have a thought. I think that that part will be scrubbed over until Mando season three. I do, too. I think that they'll start season three with that adventure to going to see Grogu. Mm hmm. There's they mm. have two episodes. This next episode, there's no time gonna, to tell it. The episode, this next episode, I think is going to be like the actual battle of stuff, and then the fallout will be the season finale leading into season three. And I think that's okay. Like, I think that's okay. I'm to fine with jump, it. jump forward a little bit, and then the beginning of season three, we do see that moment, and then we move on with that story. Like, I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. I don't think it would, it would, I wouldn't. I would be annoyed if they w- took an episode. It would to take, go it would to take too long away from what's happening with Bubba. We took an entire episode away from him. Now it's time to like, like, yeah. let's go. Like game on, right? We have, just think of this, by the way, guys. We have Fennec, Boba, Kersantan, and Din Djarin on a team together. <laughs> Wanted boss. And the bikers. <laughs> and, the oh, biker and the bikers. And the biker gang. Um, okay, so we're moving on from the ring. He goes to Tatooine. And he goes to uh, our our favorite mechanic, uh, Amy Sedaris. Just an absolute delight to see in Star Wars every time she shows up uh, with her little droid. Pack. I love that he takes public transportation. By the way, yeah, that well, he has to. I know the fact that they just didn't immediately <laughs> give him some ship. He's literally just getting on public transportation, uh-huh. Uh-huh. sitting there, the annoying kid that looks at you All on the, the bus. He took off. Uh huh. To the uh to the droid that's on star tours Star tours droid yep, yep. uh well he's not i don't think he's there anymore this yeah, he is. is like no he's, he's, he's there inside the inside the walkway he's not actually on the ride anymore oh i thought he was there anymore and he was in Ogus cantina as the dj no there's a different dj oh either way one of the star <laughs> disneyland droids made me laugh um, yeah, so look, we, we see him in public transportation. He's going to Tatooine. Uh, we finally get to see his entire arsenal of weapons. Um, even the, the oh my God, what are they? The screaming the birds. birds. Is it screaming birds? What is it called? Uh, mocking? No. Mocking birds? No. I was thinking Mocking Jay from Hunger Games. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Something. It's something birds, I think. Uh, it is birds something. something and birds. Uh, But no, we get to see the, the famous mechanic of, of Amy Sedaris back on Tatooine. And then for us who who recognize him, this little guy, Beedy, out of nowhere pops up. Geo, if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, BD is from Jedi Fallen Order. 
Uh, that is the oh, droid. was he the one that that's like the companion? Yeah, maybe? that's Cal okay. Kestis's little droid that pops up in the video game. Whistling Bird, thank you, Gordon. Whistling Birds, yeah, yeah, good, 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 good call, good call. Um, but no, we we'll, we get we get BD in live action, and he's as cute as ever. He's getting attacked by a womp rat the first time we see him. Amy Sedaris has no chance of killing this womp rat until Din Djarin comes up and saves them all. Um, what what a great little entrance. For BD, like I, he's so cute. He's he's he just is. his little pitter patters too. I love when he gets excited. He's he's so cute. <laughs> I love I love a droid. Love um, droid. but look, that's just a, a nice little Easter egg. Again, something that we've talked about with this season so far is, you know, for someone like Geo who doesn't know who BD is, uh, us who know are going to recognize it. For him, it's just a droid that's there. It's not like a thrown in your face. You have to know what's going on. It's really, really good fan service. Um, and then the ultimate fan service is that Din is there for a specific reason because he got a call from Amy Sedaris' character about a replacement ship for the Razor Crest. And it is none other than an N1 Starfighter. Now that I know. Woo! The, the audible Woo! gas Woo! that I had when I saw that was. It took my breath away. So, I look, we haven't seen these mind. since episode one. So we haven't seen them since 1999, everybody. That's how long it's been two. since we've seen. Did we see them in episode two? The very beginning, uh, they were escorting. Uh, okay. okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so look, we, we get to see an N1 starfighter. And um, she's like, this is your replacement. We're going to soup this bad boy up. They're going to be the fastest ship on the, on, on the outer rim. And Din's like, bro, no. Like, no, this, this isn't for me. This isn't, this isn't the razor crest. I need some room to roam and walk around. I need a toilet. Like that's what I need on my yeah. ship. And she's like, we're, we're going to, we're going to make this thing as badass as he can possibly be. So we get this cool, like montage of them working on the ship together. Uh, and a cool thing that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about online though, is that um, his open ability to now work a little bit more with droids remember he hated droids that's right i can put hated about that he hated droids and yeah, now he's true. like he's okay to be around them and get their assistance after what ig11 did for him at the end of season one mm -hmm. right he, he's grown a little bit more fonder in his specific uh friendship i don't know about you guys but i would absolutely love for bd to be din's droid like that would be i thought she was gonna give it to him at the end I, that would be bad ass um but no like what do we think about like this the moment of seeing the n1 starfighter before we get to the actual build and the test flight and everything how did you feel like was it a little bit of a shock to think oh wait that ship doesn't make sense for din for a bounty hunter or was there some other thought that crossed your mind i mean is it a good ship for a bounty hunter mm, i don't know i mean it, it's got it's got i blasters. don't think so. And it's I don't think, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not going to be hauling people back. Do I give a, a SHIT that it is? Nope, because that's one of my favorite ships of, yeah. Valid point, it's valid. Because that's one of my favorite ships of all time. And that was, when I grew up, the coolest ship that ever came across the screen. I still have the toy as sitting at my mom's house. It's so... You ain't going to find any complaints for me. Absolutely brilliant. I love <laughs> it. I mean, they just, uh, again, they're, they're respecting the past, even though, you know, it, it got a lot of hate, but 
you gotta admit when you see it you're like oh awesome i i don't get why it's not a good shit for a a bounty hunter i mean i think it's everything that you would you would want it's fast it would be probably hard to hit easy to hide where are you gonna put the other body though <laughs> in the you droid have... cockpit okay i can't be the only one that thought that that droid cockpit is the perfect size for grogu yeah or, same. you're not the only one it literally when yeah. i saw the little bubbles on top i was like that's literally where grogu's gonna sit for grogu yeah yeah same thought but i mean so to answer your question the reveal awesome I, for a second i was like is that a pod racer that's not a pod. that's what i thought geo you like, nailed it i thought she was it. gonna somehow pull anakin's pod racer out and it would and be then, like a nice little funny thing you know mm -hmm. like no i'll come you back you nailed it that's exactly what i thought geo yeah yep mm -hmm. love it give me that ship i'm so stoked well i don't i i love that they didn't even use yellow like that chrome well, I love, so there was actually a moment, I don't know if uh, you guys caught it or if anybody watching caught it, but he was actually sanding the yellow off. Yeah, um, that's okay. He was, he was grinding the yellow off because he likes, that's his thing, and this is this is the final product. I mean, just look how bad it's it so looks. Sweet. I love the guns on the front. It looks so yeah. badass. Uh, like, I love the open uh, propellers on the end. Like, I like how you can see the engine on the inside. You like the panels. I just and in it has like this giant motor head in the center, and it it just looks. It gives me awesome. muscle car vibes. One hundred percent. It looks like Dom Toretto's. Sure. It looks like Dom Toretto's. Oh uh, my god! It does. It even has Camaro that thing in the, 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 put the very put, first. Put it back up. Put it back up. <laughs> it even has that thing in the middle, like Dom That's has in the middle. It's the motorhead. The motorhead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever it's called. It it, it looks. Literally, it literally looks like his car from the very first Fast and Furious. Yeah, hey, I was thinking Fast and Furious the whole time while they were building it, and <laughs> it, it was awesome. I'm, I'm not. We don't get to see that much, you know. It's usually uh, Chewy work on the ship, or you all have the droids fix the ship. They actually took time, and it was a cool little five six minute montage of them putting it together and let me just say peli moto the the character so great mm -hmm. she's I, I, great she has so much energy the way she delivers the lines of dialogue it was man like she owns that role and i i, I want to see more of her if they yes. ever did a pod racing series you got to have her be one of the main characters don't give me started. I can go off on a huge tangent right now. Um, <laughs> quickly, uh, Gordon has a question for us. Do you think this might indicate that he be leaving bounty hunting behind? I absolutely think so. Yeah. I think that's where he's headed. And I he's going to have too it, much to do. Someone said it in the chat earlier, but the season or not the season, but the series or maybe the end of the next season uh, for Mando, he is 100% going to be Mandalore. That's what he he's going to be Mandalore. Um, He's essentially, they are essentially giving him Boba Fett's legend storyline. For those of you who may not read legends, this is, ex this is like almost very extremely similar to what Boba Fett did in legends with the storyline of him be eventually becoming Mandalore. And they're giving it to Din now in Canon, which is great. Um, so yeah, I definitely think so. I, I mean, he was already on that path when he had Grogu. He's just kind of going back to it. Cause he really has nothing else to do at the moment. He's kind of like lost. Yeah. And I think Boba's going to kind of help him maybe put his feet back under him and, and 
set them in a different direction. So, um, so yeah. are we moving on? We could talk about the test flight. No, it's not the test flight. Okay. I, so I caught this on Twitter. I'm not taking credit for this because I had something had it had when I saw it, it something clicked in my head, but I couldn't figure it out until I saw it on Twitter. So you know how he sent the jaw was to get that piece? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Do you guys know what that piece is? It's something for, is it for something from Anakin's pod racer? No, it's so it's the piece from a new hope that they hold up to, to stop the garbage compactor from closing in. Interesting. It's the what? look at the picture and look at the movie. And it's the exact piece that they use to try to hold it up. I saw the piece and I went, why does that look familiar? And I had no clue. And then someone saw it on Twitter and he's like, how come no one's talking about that? This is the same piece that they used in the garbage compactor. It's the exact same piece to the T. It looks exactly the same. Interesting. I know. I mean, I it obviously it adds some huge capabilities to that ship because this test, this test flight started, he was cruising. He was doing his thing. All of a sudden he hits into hyperdrive, not hyperdrive literally, but like just hyperspeed. And this dude just takes off. I wish I had a gif. Uh, of of that moment where he full on just pushes the thing forward and he goes flying and we mm -hmm. get some very incredible shots of him inside the cockpit uh flying around Tatooine and then uh our little fanboy hearts were absolutely touched over the intercoms when we heard Beggar's Canyon and then we saw moments like this Oh, you did have that picture. Oh wait, or is that the pod racing track? Is that the one that I put in there? Yeah, I uploaded a better version. The okay, literal perfect. pod racing track. The fence Anakin, is still broken. That what Anakin flew in episode one. He was flying the pod racing track. Like, are you kidding me? The fence is literally still broken from when Anakin smashed through it. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. It's just little details like that to nerds like us mean so much. Like, it's so fun finding those types of things. Like, because then it just brings out a whole, like, memory that hasn't been used in 20 years. It's, I love, uh, I, I can, I would have paid money to sit down and watch all of our first watches of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine, like, his squealing freak out geo like everything clicking when he sees it like oh i it was just brilliant how he's just flying through that thing oh yeah if anything it's those moments that elevate this episode to like a true star wars experience yeah in my opinion you know we can watch episodes and applaud them and great and stuff like that but this was an experience in my opinion and um for me the shot from the ground looking up of the damn n1 modified zooming by mm -hmm. wow great and then Everything. of course he takes it up to space yeah and is having fun with it and then who shows up? 
<laughs> gets pulled over. <laughs> and I really thought it was going to be because John Favreau is involved in this. I thought it was going to be an Iron Man one moment where he's flying testing and then these two jets pull up and then he just takes off and it turns into something that isn't like, you know, like none of the X-Wing pilots die or anything, but he escapes. But what happened instead was so much better, especially given how Pelimoto back on the ground was hyping up the, uh, whatever she called it, a little booster. I don't, she mm-hmm. called it something, uh, whatever that little switch was a switch compressor, something, something, a, a, an exhaust or something like that. But he pressed it. Boom. Boom. And they didn't even bother. They, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no I was just gonna say they literally looked at like, yeah, we're not going after that. <laughs> like no way. It took me back to Tokyo drift when, uh, Han <laughs> was like, you know, if you go a certain speed limit, they won't even bother. Oh yeah. And they didn't even bother at all. They literally but, just pull the way he just gets like pulled over like a traffic stop because of the X-wing. Or he's speeding essentially, like so, license and registration, please. Like that, I was laughing so hard, and it's that same guy that uh, oh, I forget his name. I, he's appeared in multiple episodes, uh, but. Yeah, the resistance people. Oh my god, I laughed so hard. So correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. One, one of those X-wing pilots was one of the pilots that Din saved in the second season, mm-hmm. right? When they yeah. crashed, landed in the ice. Yep, the ice. He, it's the older beard. Yeah, uh, gentleman. same guy, yeah. right? Yeah, he. We've seen that guy. Yeah, it's the Kim 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 Kim's convenience, uh, the TV show. Uh, oh, that is it. Thank you, Chuck Carson Tiva, is the guy's name. Carson um, Tiva. Yeah. So I'm sure Jake will want to talk about Din's traffic stop. Uh, Sorry, go ahead, space. guys. Sorry. No, I, we were I, just I, talking I, about Din's traffic stop in space. Yeah, dude. He, I love that he came back. It's like <laughs> great opportunity. That he can just be everywhere. Like yeah. it's just. He's he's the guy for the uh, Star Wars TV Space Patrol, essentially. Yeah, he is. And he Uh, literally got like pulled over, like license and registration, please. And just said, you know, well, I also love that he goes, did you fly a Razor Crest by chance? And Din's like, "Uh, F you. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Great little moment. Uh, Just that's why I love these shows so much is just like those fun, playful little moments. Right. Um, we get we obviously get those in Star Wars, but it feels different on TV. Um, and yeah, seeing seeing him come back and and pull Din over, uh, I think Chuck said it earlier, but also seeing two X wings and an N one souped up starfighter next to each other was like pretty surreal, right? Yeah. Like because we've never seen it. Obviously, X wings were a little bit later date. N one starfighters were very early on. Um, it was very very cool to to kind of see them next to each other and then. Didn't hit I mean, those were definitely the ships yes. of their series. Yes. Like, I mean, as a kid, those yellow N1s was the cool ship. I remember I, mean, I, had a, I had a Lego version of it. Yeah, I had the, I somehow bribed my parents into getting the real one. Yeah. So. Uh, and and their little line at the end, 
you really want to go back to base and do all those reports. <laughs> like, they're literally just space cops. That, it's true, man. That was a literally. laugh out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anybody who is in law enforcement or knows somebody like oh, that's I did a not laugh know that. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, same guy. Huh? Very yeah. interesting. Um, and then uh, Chuck, unfortunately, that's that shows out the window. Yeah. Uh, sad. I would not if they like did like. I would have zero problem with uh, him being a, the lead of a yeah, show. I agree. I think he'd be great. Get him get Bill Burr. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think he'd be great as as the Ranger. I think it would be perfect. Yeah. Um. So we were at the traffic stop. So then we head back. Uh. Right. Is that was that where we're headed? We're heading back to Tatooine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He just light speeded off. Uh, or sub light speed. Excuse. Yeah. Me. He broke the sound barrier essentially, and um. A lot, a lot more in the sound barrier, but uh, he gets back and obviously Fennec's looking for him. She's there and we get this cool little moment of, look, Boba needs your help. We need you. And Brian mentioned earlier, but he's doing it for free. He's like, no, I'm, I'm here to help for a friend. And he has that moment where he says, I just have to do something first. Um, and the episode ends. Uh, and that's obviously heading into what we think could be a team up here very soon, if not on the next episode and him working with Boba and Fennec and Chrysanthemum and, um, just just an all around incredible episode. Like it was so good to get back in 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 line with Din Djarin, man. The Geo hit it on the head when he said this episode was Star Wars. Like it gave you and I'm not saying like oh, everything else is not is too futuristic Star Wars. It's not our traditional. I'm just saying like it gave you that Star Wars feel like where it hits you in the feels and just for us specifically took, took you back to a time when things were simple and the coolest thing around was watching a Star Wars movie or putting it on and playing with your toys. Uh, the pod racers, the end ones. Oh my God. Did we talk about this? What? That she sleeps with Jawas? No. No. Hey. They're furry, I guess. <laughs> Who am I to judge what true love is? I know, right? <laughs> I love that she's going to it too. There. When she was speaking Jawa, I was dying. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I literally had to do like, it, is her mouth moving? She's the one that's speaking like the Jawa noise. John has a great, mm -hmm. great point here. Great point. That Not is true. Options. Not a lot of options. Would yeah. you rather go with the Java or Scum of the Earth? You never know. Um, okay, we did star one comment here. If I can get my mouse to work here. Uh, I want to go back to this. This is from EMB Mall. Hello. Do you think the reason they're being so careless with Book of Boba Fett season uh, and is because Mando will get his title back and Boba becomes a Mandalorian and he gets to be in Mandalorian season three? I mean, it's definitely possible. I wouldn't say they're being careless either. No, I don't, I don't think they're being careless. There's either. a rhyme and reason for everything that Dave they're doing. Filoni and I, John Favreau. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, think the next two episodes are really going to help the first four come together a lot better. I do too. I think also, for me, I don't know how other people feel, but I really loved getting this episode because it gave me it lit my spark again for Mando 
like two years is a long time for a show like and especially a very popular show two years is a very long time so like i definitely was like this was like like mando like it left my mind like i knew it was there i'm totally excited to come back but it wasn't like i was like itching for it i'm itching for it now because it was just so good so i liked it i loved that it was in the middle of it it worked for me i don't have a problem with it at all i agree i agree same world same time you have them right there same creators writers directors i i have no problem with it at all well and, and we also have to remember is that and i don't know if this is still the plan but two years ago we were told that book of Boba Fett, mandalorian at the time rangers of the republic and ahsoka they were all going to collide into one like event right mm -hmm. like they were all going to be basically the same story ish that kind of comes together like what they do with the mcu um and and other stuff and whether or not it's still the same plan if you are doing that it's okay to do character episodes like this because that character is still involved in the story right or maybe boba shows up in a mandalorian episode where it's just about him or Bo-Katan or something, right? It, it, it's If it's going to connect, you have to keep all of these characters in the back of our mind. We can't just do, okay, this character gets a season, this character gets a season, right? Like, just I'm just using an example, but the MCU, right? Uh, phase one. You know, phase one was very much the character movies, right? We had the Iron Man movies that nobody else was really in. We got Black Widow and Iron Man 2, Captain America, Thor, but then once everything really started to come together, remember in Thor 2, we had that little quick cameo of Loki turning into Captain America. We had Iron Man 3 where, where some other characters might have popped up through a voice. Like, There's just certain stuff that you need to do to make sure you're keeping everyone in mind. And if you're going to tell a full episode on Mando and then eventually it turns into that story, like, what's the problem? Like, There shouldn't be an issue if it's all going to come together. Yeah. And that's the thing people need to realize is it's <laughs> telling one giant story. There are a bunch of little stories that's telling one giant story. It's not like its own story that is completely separate and doesn't tie into anything. It's one giant story. Like it's like the, a timeline that has branches that weave in and out. Like it, it's telling everything they're doing is to progress a larger story that's happening just at the same time. You have other characters doing different stuff at the same time, but time is still going like this. So it makes sense. Like, yeah, sometimes their, their stories are going to cross like how it's doing right now, but either way, they're not going to always be together. So these things are happening consecutively. So, I mean, at some point, yeah, it's, it's going to cross it wouldn't make sense to have to take an episode of Mando to jump back, to tell how he got there to then go back. Like, why not just do it when you can progress it at the same time? I mean, they probably plan that out. Like, Hey, we really are going to do six episodes of book of Boba Fett, but we're going to do seven because seven is a weird number. So now we know why exactly. Right. You usually hear six, eight, 10, 12, 
Like those are usually the main numbers. Like a, an odd number tends to be weird. You probably really honestly have six episodes of Boba Fett, one episode of Mando. And it makes sense. No, I completely agree with you both. It's studios are realizing now that you can do more with these characters. And if you continue doing the same formula of solo series or movie, solo series or movie, solo series or movie, and then event thing, audiences are going to get tired of it. They want to see their characters interact. And even if it was just for a little moment, seeing Fennec and Din. So I, I, like I said, I don't think it's any problem. I think uh, this is all because of what, and I give credit to the MCU phase one and what they were able to establish and then open the universe. And now audiences are accustomed to seeing an open universe. They don't need to go back to the phase ones of Star Wars or DC or whatnot, in my opinion. So I think it works great. All right, gentlemen, well, any final thoughts on this episode overall and as we head into the final two episodes of the Book of Boba Fett? Filoni's episode's next. It is next. That, so do you think because Filoni's directing, there's going to be a major character edition? I think there's uh, going to be a major character edition. I don't know if it's going to be a major character edition, but I think you're going to get some good story and coming out of this. Sorry for my church bells um you're gonna get some story coming out of this one probably i'm almost willing to bet if we want that like camino flashback stuff it's coming here like the actual meat story because who tells the stories the best him i'm not saying directing wise but storytelling, his are unrivaled. I mean, look at the Jedi. Like, that had lore. And he dropped a bomb on that last one when my guy's name got dropped, which you can't see him. Thrawn's. So, I, I don't know if you're going to get a character, but you're going to get some story and maybe a name drop. I really hope we see someone really cool. I think I, I like, will four, lose four, my four, ever four. loving mind if I hear his name again. Four, four is a four is my favorite number of all time. Four is a good number, but I think five bounty hunters is like, yeah, right where it's at. Yeah, we already had five uh, villains. You're going up against a syndicate. You need five. You need five. Bosk. I I would be so game for Bosk. I would be <sighs> so game for Bosk. If, I will scream my head off if I see that yellow suit and then all of a sudden it'd be so dope. Up. It'd be so dope. Lose my mind. Yeah, it'd be badass. It'd be yeah, like, well. have the Transoceans. Hey, we hired him to come help you. Uh -huh. I will uh -huh. flip my shit. Or maybe while Fennec is recruiting Din, Boba goes and gets Bosk. So Ugh. it's possible. Yeah. Anyone. But I also wouldn't mind seeing. Um, I mean, he's not really what Cobb Vanth. I keep waiting for his ass. Well, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the armor. I know that's, I know. And so that's what why he do right now, he would just show up in a cowboy hat with spurs. Exactly. I know exactly. Hey, um, no different than 
Danny Trejo giving a machete. Oh, in. they have Danny Trejo and a Rancor. Oh, oh that's right. Danny the Rancor. Rancor. They got Rancor. Danny Trejo. Vapion, if Zuckus showed up, Zach Burkett would implode. So, who's calling you? <laughs> Gabby. Um, yeah. I don't care. I'm excited for... Um, oh, now someone's calling you again. Uh, Sorry. I... Yeah, I don't care. It's Filoni's episode. I'm very curious to see what happens. I agree. Filoni's going to deliver. He's going to I hope so. Um, all right, everybody. Well, that's going to wrap up the Fandalorian Club today. An incredible episode uh, in this season so far. Obviously, Chuck, very, I'm fine with Dengar too. Sorry. Very obvious from a uh, very obvious different episode from what we've gotten so far. Um, but it, it's leading into something that's going to be happening. Obviously, it was a necessary episode to kind of catch up with Din and tie him into everything that's happening now. Uh, so we'll be back next Thursday, 5 o'clock Pacific, right here to talk episode 6. Give Bryce um, Dallas Howard a show. Yeah, seriously. Give her solo. The give her a Bo-Katan show. No, um, give her solo. Well, yeah, give her the solo sequel to finish what her dad started. Um, so, yeah, I'm Jake. That is that is Brian. That is Geo. We are the Fandalorian Club. We are live on Thursdays at 5 o'clock. Also, Pocketflix Now is live on Tuesdays at 7 o'clock Pacific if you want to talk everything movies with us here on the channel. Um, but yeah, leave us a comment with your thoughts on everything Book of Boba Fett so far. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Of course, that like button as well so we can get seen. Everyone in the chat, thank you so much. We appreciate you all. Have a great yesterday evening. I'll catch you guys next time.